This is the Welcome to Perth podcast, showcasing the stories behind our events, entertainment and lifestyle. These are the stories of how they came to be and what the future has in coming. Alrighty, we are here with Danny Harley from uh, the Kite Stream Tangle. Uh, over in Brisbane, are you still living in Brisbane? Yeah, yeah still living in North Brisbane. So lockdown, lockdown at the moment? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I was living with a, a, or I am living with a guy who's just come back from Canada. So he was in quarantine for two weeks, and so was doing his shopping for him and stuff. Okay. <laughs> it was an interesting time. Being his carer, very good. Yeah. Uh, how's how's it been over in Brisbane? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I I think I was telling you just before. I'm kind of enjoying the the slow pace. Like everyone seems to have like slowed down a little bit and. Uh, there's been some really interesting uh, effects that this whole thing has had. Um, I'm kind of enjoying it, obviously, apart from the deadly virus aspect. Um, but Queensland's been pretty good. Like I think we've had next to no cases uh, almost every day for the last week. So it's things are good. And so just getting a bit more time for your music and no distractions. You don't have to come up with an excuse why you can't go to a, an engagement party or a wedding or. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, we had to cancel a tour or we're rescheduling some of the shows and, you know, trying to make that work. But so that was a bit, a bit shit, but it's, you know, it's not something that's happening to me. It's happening to everyone. So it's, uh, it didn't feel that bad, Uh, but that was a bit sucky. Apart from that, uh yeah i just had to i'm having to refocus on music which is you know kind of my favorite thing to do anyway so um yeah it feels kind of really nice to also a bit of time to get on top of like your emails and like a bunch of stuff that you be you put off forever um yeah. you're like yeah i feel that on top of life it's good so the uh so the tour the tour dates uh when have they been rescheduled to um so uh, November, we're hoping. We're still fi- uh, locking in the final dates, but um, it's looking like it's going to be November. So yeah, cool. And you'll be yeah, at. Every- I've I've seen uh, Freo Social. Um, you'll be at uh, in Perth doing a show there, so that will be in November as well, I imagine. Yeah. So we'll, we'll rewind it right back to the start. So, um, have you always been into music uh, as as a kid, or is it something that grew on you? Yeah, pretty much always been into music as long as I can remember. Um, I used to live in the UK and when I was about 10 or 11, I, um, I was at school and I uh, met this, this guy that played guitar and he was a couple of years older than me and I thought it was the coolest ever and got him to teach me some guitar. On, and then I ended up playing bass for his band. Um, and we played like covers of like Green Day and whatnot uh, in the UK. And then... And then we moved to Australia and then it's kind of been like the, the common thread from, uh, through my life from then. Um, so yeah, always kind of been some, like some sort of presence in my life and it's usually been the main focus actually. Um, so it's pretty cool that I was able to, um, um, that I'm able to still do it now, you know, like uh, a couple of, you know, almost two decades later. <laughs> and who was, uh, who was some key artists that had a big influence on, on you and then also your sound? Um, well, I mean, back then it was definitely came up through that like pop punk, uh, emo, you know, hardcore thing, uh, that a lot of kids did. Um, I mean, it's such great music to like learn instruments to as well, because it's kind of, you know, 
sort of hard in some bits and sort of easy in some bits. So it's like really, really fun to, to play. So that was definitely cool. But then, I don't know, I kind of bridged into electronic music because I wanted to record the songs that we'd been playing or songs we'd been writing as a band with the various bands I've been in. Um, and so sort of when you, when you get the uh, audio into the computer, you can do so much with it and that kind of blew my mind. Um, and so, yeah, I really started growing this passion for electronic music and what you could do to sound after you've captured it. Um, and then I started listening to artists like um, James Blake and Mount Kimby and um, that kind of ilk, uh, Bonobo and Jamie XX and that the sounds that they make and the arrangements that they do, um, I found really inspiring and that kind of became the inspiration for this solo project that I have now. I love it. And um, it would have been back in ooh, 2012 or 2013 where you released Given the Chance, um, mm-hmm. which was really um, the track that put you on the, on the probably the Australian map rather than sort of touring just around, um, yeah, around your local city. Um, how did you come up with that? Was that a quick song that just popped into your mind or? Nah, no, that was um, actually all of them tend to be this way. Uh, they kind of like, uh, you crack away at them for ages. It always takes ages to write a song for me, um, but it's not like uh, you're writing it the whole time. I think I just need big gaps of uh, perspective. So like I'll spend a day on something and I'll be like, really like it, but then I'll kind of hit a wall and I won't really know where to take it. Uh, and the only thing that seems to solve that is just not listening to it for like a month and then come back. You come back to it with fresh ears and you immediately get inspired and you know exactly what to do with it. And you spend another day on it and you just have that happen like a few times and eventually you end up with a song. <laughs> but it's it's taken you like six months to write or sometimes, you know, years. Uh, but yeah, and it's just it's just a, an accumulation of like little uh, little bursts of productivity. <laughs> so, it's, so you're working on one project and then you've got to leave it and work on another one and then leave it and work on another one and yeah yeah tends to be how everything gets written for me you know what works for you and so um then then you toured uh that was when we got to meet which was great um when you came over to perth for the first time that was one of uh, my my most enjoyable shows uh i remember seeing live so yeah and uh it's the start of that whole thing for me so it was like very exciting it was just like there was a feeling of something bubbling so it's really really fun and um, how have you found um, touring since then? So that was obviously everything was fresh. People flying around the country and um, <laughs> you know, play shows. And yeah, what was uh, what, what was that like for that, that first sort of um, first year or so? That was awesome. It was a, a big change because I'd been in a band, um, a band called Pigeon, uh, for the sort of four or five years prior. Uh, and, you know, when you it was a five-piece band, when you're in that kind of you have that many people it's and you're trying to sort of get started as a band it's quite uneconomical to um Mm. buy around so you're like you're in the van and you're you know driving for 10 hours to get from show to show and just like it's a bit of a i mean and perth is like that's the only place you can fly (laughs) because you can't drive um but yeah, so like once this sort of started happening and I was flying everywhere and I could, you know, pay crew and like, you know, do proper shows and have some, have some fun. It was like big game changer. And it was, it was good to have the perspective of, you know, doing the hard slog for the previous four years, five years. 
And um, yeah, well, I remember we used to book, um, whenever we'd be booking bands, that would be a big thing that we'd, we'd have to take into consideration is that being Perth and being so isolated, if the band is bigger than three, we'd, we'd have to really seriously consider, you know, can we afford to be uh, paying for the, you know, the extra flight to the uh, return flight for the fourth or fifth or Velociraptor, I think was, <laughs> that was that was crazy how many uh, yeah a, l- a lot of members in that one so yeah all of a sudden one um person what did you enjoy the freedom as well um being able to just make the decisions um with production and and what shows to take rather than having a you know touch base with four other people to see their schedules yeah, yeah totally it's um i kind of liked uh there was a brief period where you uh i was in both you know i had a band and then i was doing the solo thing um and i kind of i kind of enjoyed that like because you kind of get this uh feeling of working within a team from one project but then you get you know um pure unadulterated just your decisions um from another project which is you know both have their benefits i kind of find that with writing as well like i love collaborating um, with other people, but then I also really love writing by myself. Like when you collaborate with other people, you'll get a result that you never would have gotten if you had written it by yourself. And then likewise, when you write it by yourself, you know that you've made every decision and, and that you've got to a place that, you know, you, you, uh, achieved your vision, um, and never had to compromise and they've both got their place. Um, I think doing both of them regularly is good uh, rather than going down or for me anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And what's been the, so then let's, let's um, move into, yeah, you get over that first excitement stage. Um, and then what were some challenges that you, that you found um, moving into um, now you're, you know, you're a known Australian um, artist uh, and getting, you know, airplay on radio stations. Well, did you feel the pressure of, of trying to, you know, back up with, with quality, you know, quality tracks and, and an album? yeah absolutely there's always that um they call it second album syndrome um <laughs> where there's yeah, there's the expectation uh you know because obviously you know the assumption is you've had some sort of success from the the first record or whatever um and then the second one has you know a, a lot of pressure attached to it but usually your circumstances have changed significantly uh like you'll might have a bigger budget to create the second record. You might have less time to create the second record because you're touring. Um, and so there's a whole bunch of factors that mean that the second album tends to be quite hard to write. I definitely felt that um, because I do all the stuff myself still, um, like I was, you know, um, doing all the production and recording myself singing and doing, you know, writing all the songs, all that stuff. Um, it was all pretty insular still. So it was kind of like pretty, internal process um so and you can endlessly tinker there's no like when you're a band you can kind of be like write the songs in the jam room or whatever and then you've got two weeks in the studio booked and so you, you go in and you record the songs and that's like pretty final like you have to have them done and then it's done um but there's no like clear-cut space like or time that you that that really happens it's like it just progressively gets there and then you can kind of endlessly go backwards as well so you get you can kind of get caught in this trap uh and i think that definitely happened it took me a good almost three years to get the the second record out so um yeah that was definitely a bit of a challenge for me and uh what was the um what was the highlight um 
so far? What's 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 your best gig you've you've played? Now you don't need to say my little uh, little tiny bar <laughs> over in Perth. It's okay. I won't. My feelings won't be hurt. I <laughs> uh, mean, I mean, there's so many. Like I think feels like a bit of a cop out, but I do I do remember distinctly uh, this first uh, splendor in the grass that I got to play. Um, and I just remember it because it was the first time really, it was like one of the first like big festivals that I got to play. And it's such a big one for the whole country. Um, and the, you know, the tent was packed. I played just before, no, just, just before James Blake, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was like, it was just the whole tent was packed and we had this big confetti moment and like, it was the first time I had seen, you know, thousands of people singing stuff, singing my songs back to me and like, you know, everyone knew it and it was like a thing like, um, yeah. So it felt really special. And that, yeah, it was like a almost in tears kind of thing. Like it was, it was pretty magical. That's awesome. And, um, do you, do you get nervous when you go up, um, before you um, perform? Um, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, especially back then because it happened so quickly. It was, it was a big change from playing these tiny, tiny rooms to playing quite, big stuff um where there's a lot of you know moving wheels and stuff and and I, I was quite late like getting crew and getting other people to take care of stuff and I was still doing everything myself and so I would stress out about like you know my laptop working and like this connected to that and what if this cable doesn't work or whatever um rather than thinking about you know just purely performance um so it was really stressful and so I used to get really nervous uh now I'm kind of I've relaxed a bit more now um, I think maybe it's just the pure quantity of shows that I've done. Or I don't know. Maybe it's just as I'm getting older, I'm like realize that it doesn't matter in as much in the grand scheme of things, but, <laughs> um, yeah, definitely used to get really, really cripplingly nervous, but now I'm, I'm pretty chill. And enjoyed getting to meet James Blake and other artists that you've listened to. Yeah. That's always a huge moment. Very strange meeting your idols. Um, but yeah, they're all lovely, you know, they wouldn't be where they were if they weren't lovely. Yeah. Um, and then get to enjoy a few drinks with them after the show, which must be always yeah. nice. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> always keeps it fun. Now, um, yeah, from obviously, you know, in the midst um, COVID-19. So um, what's the plan? The album has obviously just uh, just been released. Uh, how have you found it um, releasing? Um, is it is it a... Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing releasing around this time? More people have um, time to probably sit down and, and listen to music rather than their, their normal, real busy schedules. So what's your take on it? Yeah, it's, it's, it is interesting because we released like right as it was like, as the gravity of it was setting in. So it was kind of weird. We didn't even really get the opportunity to push it back. Like, because we didn't, it would have been like a week out. I even remembered like, cause I went to go do a like a version at triple J. Yep. So we flew to Sydney and we were there. We set up, we like, we had, you know, 12 people there. We've been rehearsing all this stuff. And so obviously, you know, domestic flights were still going, you know, people were flying in and blah, blah. But then as it got closer and closer to when we were recording it, our flights were still, but we could still do it. And then people started going, oh, look, I got to go back you know, some, there's some people from the U S they went back, they're like, I gotta go. And then the thing just got 
more and more serious and the wheels just fell off like and uh so it was just like and that was the week of the release so it was like and then the the like version got cancelled and never ended up happening so everyone had to just fly home and then and then we were in lockdown from that point onwards so and that was the friday that the album was released so we didn't it was like right when everyone was like okay this is a thing and this is gonna be a thing really serious yeah yeah that was when we dropped the album we're like well (laughs) i don't know like there's nothing (laughs) um but yeah i think you know definitely there's you know time people are at home there's um it's a good time to be in front of people as well it's just a, a matter of getting their attention i think yeah a lot of people vying for people's attention at the moment and well i mean there's yeah, a lot of people are on their screens. Uh, good time yeah. to probably be, um, yeah, creating content or having shares in Netflix or <laughs> or any shopping uh, supermarket. Uh, so what's your what's your, what's your plan of attack um, from yeah post COVID and and you are out touring so national and and looking to go international. Uh, yeah, we're not sure yet. I think we're like waiting for the dust to settle, um, re- rescheduling the. Oz tour dates, but then, you know, um, I'll have had an album out for nine months and hopefully we'll have, you know, written a fair bit of music uh, in the time between now and then. So I guess we'll probably um, look at releasing some more music and, and uh, build some touring around music after that, potentially. I'm not sure. It's kind of, you know, everyone's kind of making it up as they go along at the moment. <laughs> Yeah, no, no one has the answers, which is the uncertainty is always the, the biggest difficulty, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll get through it. <laughs> awesome, mate. Great to catch up. Uh, looking forward to having you uh, back in Perth uh, in November at Frio Social, provided um, you're allowed to fly over here. You're an yeah. essential service, aren't you? L- live shows. <laughs> Especially non-essential, I don't know. <laughs> uh, awesome, mate. Great to chat.